Hello and welcome to Goragarot of this town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am as always Elaine and with me there are two... Two. 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 Fletcher. Two. 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 Adam. Two. It's like you always want to say something funny rather than being like my other two co-hosts because you want to make this bit of the podcast as entertaining as the rest of the podcast, but then you realize that it's really difficult to find interesting way to say two other people that make a podcast with me. I mean... The alternative is we come up with some complete left-field gag to try and derail each other every time, and God help us if that happens. Oh, we need to start make uh, storylines happen, like in those awful like video game reviewers' shows of the mid-2010. Oh no. I'll get costumes. Wait, we, we aren't already in costume? <laughs> what am I wearing this for, then? You're wearing clothes? Aliens come to, to Earth and force us to review pop-punk records or something. Oh, so, okay, so the aliens were traveling to space, so, like, information, like, the stuff that arrived to them is, like, delayed because of space travel. So they arrive on Earth and all of the culture that they know is 2000s pop-punk because that's what, you know, MTV was playing and they were getting the signals when they started traveling. And I don't know, and we'll probably riff from there. <laughs> Take us to Carson Daly. Okay, today we're talking about Finch. They're a real band, apparently. And the record, What It Is To Burn. Any of you have any experience with Finch? Okay. Ah, but yes, I, I do have some Finch stories. You, you, you seem the most familiar with Finch of us when we talked about this band previously, Fletch. Yeah, we might have mentioned a few weeks ago that Finch were a particularly drama-fueled band, and this crossed over into more than a few of their local SoCal performances, where there would be arguments backstage, and people would have to break up the band after shows. They might leave in separate vehicles as a result of this. It was, uh, it was a thing. I did reach out to a couple of buddies who had worked at the time, and they're like, yeah, uh, we remember Finch. There were definitely times where all of a sudden, someone in the crew would have to clean up things, or a 50 would be shoved into your hand to go, this is for the mirror, or whatever. Ah, the oasis of pop-punk. Can we really call this album pop-punk? No, this is emo-pop. This is emo-pop through and through. This is the actual first emo-pop record that we get in at least how I, like, when you tell me emo-pop, what I'm expecting, which is sort of like... Harder, but still melodic, still poppy. This is, this is Taking Back Sunday, but not as good, basically. And yeah, I'm really happy. This is my shit. I, I like this. Um, I knew some tracks by Finch. The two singles from this record got at least some minor airplay on MTV, or at least, you know, the kind of 
this is really late at night and we're playing the weirdest stuff kind of play. I do remember the songs. It's one of those things where it's just like, oh, this track is kind of fun. And you, then you don't think about that band ever again. So that's sort of my experience with Finch. But yeah, Adam, an experience with Finch. My only experience with Finch is uh, uh, um, Fletch saying in an earlier episode, the thing about when you think about a band, but then it turns out it's just Finch or <laughs> something to that effect. That's all. You're expecting a real band and then you listen to them and it's Finch. Yeah. Yeah. Still accurate. Can't say I disagree. I, I like this record. I want to like this record more than I do and I don't, but I like this record. It's very uneven. The guy from Glassjaw is on it. To remind myself that I'm really lucky that we don't have to talk about Glassjaw on this podcast. As opposed to Glassjaw, who we will discuss every once in a while when a song goes down in one beat. Uh, do we want to talk about the history of Finch? That's not much of it. This is their first record. Absolutely. Um. Finch is Nate Barcolo on vocals, Randy Strohmeyer on guitar, Alex Linares on the other guitar, Derek Doherty on bass, which is also a guitar, and Alex Pappas on drums. They are from, local to myself, Temecula, California. Give us some facts. Well, it's where Dean Norris of Breaking Bad resides. It has given us a Miss World Albania candidate. I believe she was 99. And we also have it classified by some censuses as the single most Mormon county in all of California. The band starts their career as a very Deftone sounding band named initially Numb. And there are some misreading of all their interview that just report them being a Deftones cover band. This is false. And according to the band, to today, they get asked if they were a Deftone covers ba cover band in interviews, and they hate it. So that's fun. I would have preferred it. Eh. I would have. I like the Deftones more than I like Finch. When the guitar player Randy joins the band around 99, that's when they start calling themselves Finch. And the guitar player, Randy specifically, Randy Stromayer, started introducing them to more punk influences, showing them, you know, a bunch of demo bands that were sort of in the scene at the time. Like Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Everyone likes Jimmy Eat World. It's true. Indeed. Randy also has connections with Drive-Thru Records. Remember Drive-Thru Records? Vaguely. We will never be able to forget them while we're doing this show until they collapse. Yep. Uh, Phoenix DX was on them. Oh, put them back. <laughs> Hello, could I get pop punk? Pop punk machines broken. Understandable, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, Randy has connection with Drive to Record, helps them get on the label, and in 2001 they released the first EP, Falling Into Pieces. I don't have any comments on this EP. I didn't listen to it because this was sort of a rough week. And also, I'm assuming given that 
the there's less than a year between the EP and the record that we're talking about. I'm assuming there's not a lot of, you know, difference there. At least two tracks on this album are re-records of Falling Into Pieces tracks. Perfect. A couple of months after releasing Falling Into Pieces, the band begins work on What It Is To Burn. What It Is To Burn was produced by Mark Trombino, longtime producer of Jimmy Eat World, and has guest vocals by Daryl Palumbo of Glassjaw on the tracks Grey Matter and Project Mayhem. Their claims are that this record was inspired by the following, Glassjaw, The Deftones, The Blink-182, Jimmy Eats The World, and Bjork. This definitely sounds like Bjork, I get it. What? I I am I am in case people are confused joking okay cool you said that with (laughs) such sincerity it actually caused a reaction in me (laughs) yeah I this is uh, is sort of on the same level of uh, the very fugazi sound of Blink-182 this sounds like Bjork's ex-husband. Uh, we should have a Bjork podcast. We'd only get three months worth of material. She's only had about 12 albums. What slash who is Bjork? It's wonderful. She's the lady that dressed like a swan and makes great music. And and she reminds you that you shouldn't trust poets because the lie, they lie about the TV. It's true. That is an actual quote. She is an Icelandic woman with very distinct aesthetics. Anyhow, around 2002, after the record releases, MCA uses the option that they have with DriveThru to acquire Finch, on direct direction by Mark Hoppus, who apparently liked the band. Around the time where it is to burn the buttes on the Billboard charts, and then Zap's staying there quite a while, it actually sells quite well. Eventually it tops at 99, mainly due to good word of mouth and some decent critical reception, both by metal and punk publications, given that they were a bit heavier than their contemporaries. So they were also covered in some of the heavier publications. In 2003, singles are released. The pair of What It Is To Burn and Letters To You. The title track gets decent airplay in California and some minor MTV play, We also have one of our hosts who swears that she saw this played late at night on MTV, but cannot find any evidence of that, and it could just be an Italy thing because they do not play by the rules of standard MTV and have their own bizarre moon language they speak there. What it is to burn, the title track was definitely had some minor play in MTV. I could not find any proof of letters to you, but I'm 90-90% sure that I saw that video on MTV at some point. Oh yeah, I remember that one. It's the one where Robert Smith is just singing in a field. No. Uh, None of the singles really break out into the mainstream, 
as will tend to be the case with emo pop and mall emo and Hot Topic tracks. So, have y'all seen New Beginning USA and did y'all enjoy the Moxley vs. Skeleton? This is a joke for one person. Two, maybe. Yeah, it's a joke for me. I get it. <laughs> and yes, it was a pretty good show. <laughs> I ha actually have yet to watch it. Oh, you'll have a good time. Anyhow, this is the first band that we encounter with the sound really developed in this way. We had a Thursday... But Thursday got weird and structureless and really out there. I loved it. No, no, no I love I love Thursday. I think the whatever is the name, Full Collapse is the Thursday record. Yes, I think Full Collapse is a way better record than this. But this is the first time that we encountered the sort of mellower and more structured, more chorus-oriented take on this genre of music. I think in two weeks it's Taking Back Sunday, which is sort of on this thing, although even poppier. You are correct. And um, yeah, I'm happy. Like, this is my shit. This is one of the reasons why I started this, because this sound is something that appeals to me. And even when it's trash, just like Kingdom Hearts, it's my trash. It's the trash that I enjoy. And yeah, I would be more excited for this song if it wasn't fundamentally when you remove the screams, when you remove the heavy guitar, this is like a shitty Foo Fighter track. It's sort of like a soft rock track with uh, heavier guitars. The... I did describe this as a bit alt-rocky, so of course I dig it. Okay. I think this is one of the weakest tracks on the record. I think the first two tracks are sort of weak. I don't think they're bad. I can enjoy them, but especially when you listen to a lot, it's like very repetitive. The chorus gets repeated a lot. The lyrics are serviceable, they're not as artful as Thursday, but they are connected with Glassjaw and their lyrics are not Glassjaw. So, as somebody that's never heard of Glassjaw, I have higher standards. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and these lyrics are not it. I mean, I'm not saying they're good, especially so this is serviceable, this is fine, this is complete completely in the middle of anything that you can ask lyrically. That's my take, at least. I'm not going to let this podcast lower my lyric standards. <laughs> Besides, the chorus of New Beginnings is just a bad version of the bridge on Anna Ang. <laughs> you took the world with you, so what's left for me? I don't want the world. I just want to work why don't we have a They Might Be Giants podcast? We should have a They Might Be Giants podcast. I'd be down for that. We should review their kids' album, or one of them anyway.
It would be a fun break. Look, I like their kids album. They're actually pretty good. I don't know if I would have anything to say about them. Hey, hey, you know which album we should talk about for this era? Oh. Let's just talk about the incredibly cursed Mink Car. The thing is that that is one of the least interesting as an album. I know that it's cursed because 9-11 and all that stuff, but it's not one of their best. Yeah, it basically has Man It's So Loud in here and that's it. Uh, New Beginnings. I, I'm, I'm fine with this track. The genre has yet to really zone in into all of the cool stuff that you can do with the interplay between the clean vocals and the scream ones. But there's still some good layering here. Like, it's the beginning of this kind of sound. Well, not the beginning, but it's the it's the beginning of this kind of sound in a more mainstream way. And sort of, sort of still figuring out things. The mixing is decent. I think there's a couple of bits when they start layering vocals where it could have hit a bit harder. Could have been been mixed a bit louder and a bit like more more punchier but aside from those specific bit the, the mixing is completely fine mark trombino knows what the fuck he's doing and um yeah like this is fine i wish it was less repetitive i wish it was a bit faster i wish a lot of this record was a bit faster i was gonna say i wish it was less repetitive and i wish it was a bit faster it's like just the review of the album in general. <laughs> yeah, this album does suffer of a, a new condition that we can explore on this podcast, which I call Emo Mid-Tempo Syndrome, which is just like, I like Emo Mid-Tempo tracks, but the whole album is just, is just that. It's just that for the whole album. And it sort of, especially near the back half of the record, starts wearing thin. Yeah. See, I was going to refer to it as SBS, saggy butt syndrome, because the back half is slow, bloated, and does nothing. Needs a tightening up. One of my biggest problems with the song, and the album in general, is that like I like Screamo, don't get me wrong, but it feels like they just kind of threw some Screamo in there for the hell of it. Instead of thinking, like, I should make a song that has that in it, they just put it there, and so it's like, okay... Like, you can put pomegranate seeds in your mac and cheese, but it might not be good, even though those two things separately are very nice. Actually, yeah, that does sound like a combo I want. I, something about receiving letters because, I don't know, letters to you is the next song. Okay, I've been waiting for this one. So, Adam, you didn't see the video for this? Nope. So, a hooligan gets pulled into a sex dungeon kidnap world because a kid in a devil mask is just running around with a bat busting things at an abandoned house. 
And then in the mailbox they knock over are a bunch of letters that say, Help me, help us, free me. And that's when they discover the stairs leading down into the dungeon and underground in a cell that is dangling wires everywhere. The members of Finch are playing as a weird, creepy uh, Captain Picard ceiling peephole watches them from above. And so this whole time, this kid is wandering around and then he knocks something over. And that's when the guy cuts all the lights and starts chasing him. And the whole thing turns into a slasher movie and the kid dies, and the members of Finch continue to be trapped in the dungeon, and that's where the video ends. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. This song is the same as the last song. Yeah, uh, I had fun with this one, especially because of the sheer weirdness of the video. But the most damning thing I can say about this track is that a YouTube pop-up in the middle said... You're listening to Finch. How do you feel about Bon Jovi? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I actually like Bon Jovi, like the, the classic stuff. It's not the classic stuff. It's, do you want 2020 Bon Jovi? Is there a 2020 Bon Jovi? Isn't that just Van Weezer? The album was simply called Bon Jovi 2020. But yeah, letters to you. Does he want to know that he misses us? Because he repeats that a lot. Yeah. And uh, I think that's my only comment on this song. It's the same as the last one. I can appreciate the sound. I wish it was faster. I wish it, I wish it felt less like a shitty Foo Fighters song. But there is some good heaviness in the sound. There is some good screams. It's not bad by any means, but please start having verses, Finch, because this, we will pick a sentence and repeat it for three minutes, isn't quite clicking for me. I don't know. Hey, I do this every time we have one of these really repetitive tracks. This song is 75%. I want you to know that I miss you. 75%. He wants us to know that he misses us. Yeah. I like the bass form of this song in that I like... I, I like the bits. I think this is like mildly cute. It's very emo. So sort of just naturally gets a pass for me from me just by that. But then when you listen to the song, it's just that bit over and over and over and over. And it's sort of like, ah, this could be better. I really want to like you, Finch, but please do better. Do better. Also... The singer does a weird Dr. Wily eyebrow thing over and over in the video when they zoom in on his face, and it's really creepy. <laughs> because the rest of the video wasn't creepy? The rest of the video was low-budget horror aesthetic, and okay, cool, you guys have a taste in media, but I don't know why he keeps doing this salacious wiggle at me whenever the camera gets close to his head. Ah. Uh. P.S. Postscript. Didn't hurt her 
like this song. This is sort of an intro to the next song. I like this song, it has. This is pop punkier. I like it. It's funny that you say that this is an intro to the next song, because uh, 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 my notes on this are, oh god, it's the guitar. That's not a good noise, but this sounds a lot like the last song otherwise. I, I, loved, I love that we're having completely opposite reaction to this. I really like the subdued, distorted guitar at the beginning of this. And you go from that weird, cool noise into like a very emo riff, like a very emo pop riff. And there's more screaming on this. The car, There's not really a chorus that gets thoroughly repeated until you want to kill yourself. And no, this is really cool, and it leads into the next one in a really smooth and fun way. I like this track. I thought this was an interesting one, and this is where I started to notice the guitar is really changing it up on every track. That's the only thing that is really distinct throughout this album. One or both guitarists going nuts. I mean, one of the guitarists, the the one who was more into punk will end up playing in the sound of animal fighting, which, rule, we should check out the sounds of animal fighting. The third record is fantastic. Post-hardcore supergroup founded by the guy that founded um, the RX Bandits. And they make really weird music. Their first two records are sort of shit, they're sort of trying too hard, and their third record is just, like, great. Just, like, we, we can make cool shit now. Anyhow. But after Postscript comes full butt saturation. It's gray matter. I love this song! I love this song! I love this song! This is full butt rock. Yeah, I, I disagree. Like, post-grunge, I think about hard rock. This is this is full-on hardcore, and you have the singer from Glassjaw on this one, which, again, Glassjaw is a band that I actually like, even if it's very difficult sometimes to be like, I like how this thing sounds, I don't like the things that are written in this song. But no, this song is great. The singer from Glass Joe opens with like very distinctive screaming that's very different from what the singers and Finch are doing. The chorus rules. The chorus is just like very like powerful and angry and the first time they do it, it goes immediately into a slower version of itself. And that's just like the rules, that's really fun. The the scream, you know, let's pray for this suicide is just like cool, that's a cool lyrics and a cool like emo moment. Uh 
I have issues with the fingers of Finch in that we'll get into them later in more songs in that I feel the version of Vimo screaming is feels a bit over the top and not completely like sincere <laughs> in that Yorimo screaming should be you know a visceral expression of emotion right you listen to like actual emo emo bands from like 10 years before like Captain Jazz and stuff like that and the the screaming there is not this polished like screaming technique is just like I am hurting and this is the sound that my soul has but when you start going into bands like you know like Finch there is more like a copy of a copy of a copy right we liked band that screamed that liked band that screamed and every time you pass to a new copy of that scream the scream becomes more of a expression of form rather than expression of emotion it becomes more of like a thing that is in this genre rather than a thing that is functional to what we're doing and i think that's a big problem with finch in that a lot of the singing is very is like this very over the top but not not emotional in itself like the over the topness is not functional to the emotion that they're trying to convey on the other hand i still like it i think it's still like a unique and cool sound um, definitely better singers in this genre that do that make it sound a lot more natural than the singer from finch does but uh, doesn't ruin the song for me that's the main the only main bit grievance that i have with this song and with a couple of songs later but no, I love this song. This song is goes hard, has like interesting lyrics. The interplay between the glass jaw finger and the finch finger is great. And that chorus, that chorus is just like fantastic. So I think it's interesting that we have the same complaints about the screamo that the band is uh, uh, putting forward. Because I was like, oh, like the screaming at the beginning wasn't that bad, which is interesting knowing that that dude's from Glassjaw. We'll, we'll unpack that later. Um, but like th what you said about it and about like the fact that it's not necessarily conveying the emotions that it needs to pretty much you hit the nail on the head. The only difference is that where the, it didn't ruin any of the songs for you. It ruined them all for me because, like, it's just not very good as far as I'm concerned. So I think that's kind of just an interesting uh, difference there. That is fair. Hmm. Uh, I didn't actually write much about this other than we've gone full butt rock and I just thought it was quick and offensive and all that stood out was the weird delivery in the back half of the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that is part of what I'm talking about, that... There are bits of this record when the guy, the singer, is almost doing the Creed voice, which is sort of funny. I don't think this is a bad rock record, but I do agree that this whole record has a 20% bat percentage, bat index going on. There is bat in this record. I think the back half tilts it way higher than 20. Uh, I'm generous. I'm gonna say there is a 20% of bat, but it's not a bat record. Saggy butt syndrome. You heard me. SBS, baby. <laughs> but with that, let's just 
shut our damn mouths and achieve perfection through silence. Yeah, this is the mid-tempo song where the singer goes sings like a slowish chorus and the backing vocals go whoa in the background and a lot of emo bands will make this song and this is the first time that we encounter this song and it's always the same fucking song uh, <laughs> so that's fun um, uh, this is, I liked some things from the songs though there are some good dynamics good drum work Good just like interplay between drums and guitars, good use of double guitar, weird distortions in some places that come from a sort of a left field. They do a lot of interesting things, especially as you were mentioning guitar-wise. They're sort of all over the place in a good way. And yeah, this doesn't break any norms, but in the range of slow emo pop tracks where the backing voice goes whoa, this Okay, it's a good mix of melancholy, balladness, and aggression. I like this. And I like this. Uh, the guitar effects and breakdown pick it up just in time for the all screams all the time closer on this. I was I was still feeling pretty good on the album at this point because it had a lot of energy, which you know always plus one star for me. My only note, other than uh, you know, razzing on the fact that they are not silent. <laughs> is me making fun of how he pronounced photograph. Photograph. Just like the the number of notes in that one word was like just it made me laugh. <laughs> it was basically Steve Martin from that Pink Panther remake. She's back off. Completely clevering that word trying to pronounce it with the accent. <laughs> I wish I was as fun as my co-host. You are, don't worry. Yeah, you definitely are. You just come at the comedy from a very different degree than either of the two of us. It adds pizzazz. <laughs> it makes us awake. And the awake is the next song. Awake is where I simply wrote, these all get longer here and now I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger. Yeah, that was the, because this is where the first half of the playlist 
scrolled down into the second, and it's like, three minutes, three minutes, two minutes, two minutes, three minutes. What? Uh, Awake is also when I started having problems with this record, but on a different point of view. Like, this is when I specifically noted uh, Emo Mid-Tempo Syndrome, where all of the songs are mid-tempo, sort of neither fast nor slow Wemo songs. And they're all decently moody, they're more, they all have like that dark, angry relationship stuff. But you need to break them off with something. This is pretty much the, the sort of what, what like the fifth or sixth song? Six. That is very samey in terms of what it's going for. It's also the second dead woman or suicide on this album. Mm. I mean, it's Simo Fletch. Like, look, there is a song later when it's literally like killing an ex. It's like it's the, the, when we when we get to the Emo things, it's gonna be problematic. It's gonna be fucking problematic. No thanks. There's a whole screamed segment where everyone in this argument is praying that they will take their breath away. Yeah. You need to embrace the problematicness if you want to get down with the emo. Then perish. I'm not even talking about how problematic it is. I'm just saying we are up to two different kill me's in six tracks. Also, I got an ad for sourdough on this and it made me super hungry. Mmm, food. Yeah, you need some breaks. I thought here. Both from the mid-tempo hell of this record and from uh, murdering people. And I don't know. Like, th- I feel this record, like, Finch doesn't have any real, like, radio singles on this record. You don't have, like, a Make Them Sure or something like that. And uh, that's generally not an issue. Like, I am not a person that's like, ooh, there's not a pop song in this record. This sucks. But it would have helped breaking up the tone a bit. Like, something a bit catchier, something a bit, like, eh, would have helped. Because by this time, like, I don't think Awake is a bad track, but by this time, I'm like, I, I need something else. You, you need to break it up a bit. Yeah, this is the track where I, like, just kind of realized that the melodies on this album just weren't vibing with me. I don't know. A lot of sameness, a lot of repetition, just... Not my vibe. Uh, the breathing in the background freaked me out. Like, I get that some people are into that musically, but I would prefer to not listen to that ever. <laughs> the storm is bad tonight, so how could I? Anyhow, uh, this is where I started taking more breaks than usual, and I actually did the math. The first six tracks are roughly 21 minutes. The last seven tracks are roughly 40. Yeah. 
So this this album really drops a load on you. I I didn't find that to be a great problem for me. This song is like a classic. We're gonna make a slow song and then we're gonna scream. So the chorus, the guitar builds up right before the chorus kicks in every time. And I always think it's going to go to a poppier, more energetic sound. And then it stays low and maudlin while the vocals kick up. It trips me out every time, which is weird because this was actually played on the radio here a bit. I recognized huh. it. Yeah, I don't know. The, the I don't love this. This is one of the battiest songs on the record. This is one of those songs where the singer's voice sort of does the Creed thing. And it's like, oh, oh, this doesn't quite fit. Uh, again, it's a classic song when you have the slow intro and then you go into the scream. And th th that is just the thing that you do in songs sometimes. And eh, this song leaves me cold. I don't have a lot to say about it. And the only thing that I noticed is that they close with an extremely long fade out, which is the sign of we'd, we have no idea how to close this song. Let's just like fade into silence. Oh, you didn't like the part where he angrily asks if he's losing you in the middle? I mean, this record is losing me at this point, but that's good that it's concerned at least. Well, stay with me. We can keep going. I wrote a note that I actually don't know why I wrote this. I simply have the sentence, it's becoming harder to finch guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely certain what I wrote that for, but that's what I put down as the very first reaction to stay with me. Hmm. Uh, this was the pop-punkiest track yet, though, with yes. uh, kick drums and snares and the breakdown that were quite nice. Yes, this was a nice breakup, what I, was, what I had been asking for the last... Uh... My notes for this song are, this one sounds like it actually belongs on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, if you don't think this kind of music belongs on the podcast, you'll be very sad about, like, most of the stuff we'll do from 2004 onwards. Yep. I'm going to be grumpy as fuck about it, too. Somewhere in here I wrote that this album sounds like a record full of trapped B-sides. So, <laughs> that happened. I don't know. I like this song. This is finally what I've been asking for the last eight tracks, which is something to break up the emo mid-tempo hell a bit. This is, like, faster... It's different, it has like a less oppressive guitar sound, it's a bit lighter, and I think this is the first love song that we have on the podcast that's not like gross, like this is just sort of cute and pleasant. We've had Jimmy World and a couple of the later Blink tracks. And yeah, but they don't count, they're good. We've had a couple of the later Blink tracks that weren't disgusting. Uh, 
Not sure about that. It's fine. It's sort of cute and pleasant. And you sort of have to deal with the fact that the singer is not meant to sing this kind of song. And it sort of doesn't really pull it off. Uh, makes me sad because I like most things about the song. But the singer doesn't quite get there. There is. I wish this was lighter. This is definitely lighter than the rest of the record. I wish they pushed more on that just like lighter, more more upbeat direction for this song specifically because there's still sort of the shadow of this is Finch and they have like this very oppressive heavy guitar work and the singer that does its thing. Um, so while they lift that a lot and that makes for a bit more of variety on the record, I wish they lifted that up more. I wish this was more different. As it stands, I like it. It's fine. It's cute. It's pleasant. Could be better. It's not something that I will necessarily remember for the rest of my life. But it's uh, probably one of the best cuts on the album for me. I don't know. Also, this has the 0.5 on the dead women count because it's possible the partner is a corpse. It's kind of hard to tell when all we hear about her in the present is your head against the glass as his hands are against the wheel. And then the chant of, stay with me, stay with me. <laughs> kind of hard well, to tell. Is, I feel that stretching in. This could be that up. understanding in a car crash I've heard so much about. <laughs> I feel that's a stretch. It's a point five. It's a point five. She never says anything. Now, when you're in a car, you put your head on the glass because you're looking outside. That's not... You also do that if you're a corpse. I can look outside without putting my head against the window. I'm not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good for you, I guess? Well, okay, I'm a dog in different ways, but... I'm also just stalling because I do not want to go on to track nine. Too bad. I really want to go on track nine. <laughs> Half of that track is really good. Let's talk about the extended Fight Club reference, Project Mayhem. So this one is trying. It's trying very hard. That's all I can say about it. It is trying very hard. It starts with sort of a weird hardcore, almost industrial, with some bit of electronics bit. Gets almost trash metally, and the first few minutes of this song absolutely rule. They're so fun, and then it goes on for three more minutes with a lot weaker energy and sort of predating the awful metal core that we'll get in like 2008 where they're mixing, uh, you know, metal core guitar work and weird club beat electronic and it's awful, but it's sort of like, I don't know, it's awful, but it's sort of like this, they predicted the future. This shit will be huge on MySpace in like 
five years from this record. And they were doing it now. They were doing it now. Let me count up this song's sins. This is a five and a half minute track with less lyrics than the repeated two minute songs, which tells you how much padding there is. About 90 seconds from the end of it, it decides to just suddenly stop everything and play a drum machine loop for a while before the guitars come back in. So it's explicitly wasting your time. It's a friggin' Fight Club reference in early 2002. And it just will not end because it's not like they're spreading out the lyrics that are already so scant over that five and a half minutes. As Ellie said, it's a two, maybe three minute track, if we're kind, that goes on with a long, padded ending. It's like we stuck a diaper on a baby song. And that's where half of the body volume comes from. <laughs> uh, I like the, the starting bit. of I like the first two minutes. I understand why the last three minutes of the song sort of make make you roll your eyes but i like the first two minutes and i'm really amused by how they predicted a whole trend of music with this do you think they predicted it or do you think that great minds suck alike uh, bit of column a bit of column b <sighs> i like finch like this record is fine this record is definitely on the upper half of what we've done for me. yeah I like you this just record. made me tim allen hearing that I enjoyed this record more than Bad Religion. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, what the fuck? <laughs> Look, it's emo, it has some good guitar work, it has some good drums. It's not even good emo, though. <laughs> it is not, but it's still like emo, and in a way that I enjoy. Hot Topic Goths would be offended that you said they would listen to this. <laughs> This is garbage, but this is like my garbage. I I'm into this. I don't think this is a great example in the genre, but I enjoy this. This is like fine. Here comes Possum Ellie rooting through her dumpster of finch and keyblades. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is an accurate description of my life, to be fair. That's your, that's your possum noise. There. Oh no, do I have a persona now? You do. <laughs> I will draw you dual-wielding keyblades atop a spinning record. Ah, <laughs> uh, well then. The quality shoots back up briefly on track ten, simply titled "Untitled." is the first song on this album that I liked. What? <laughs> I didn't expect that. I'm very surprised today. Just by everything. 
Granted, I have not listened to, or looked at the lyrics, so that could change, but I don't know. I thought that the sort of uh, voice thingies that they were doing sounded interesting. Also, I have a legitimate question for you, my co-hosts. Is there a single good track called Untitled that isn't a bonus track on an album? Uh, the whole record by Sigur Ruff? Okay, that does seem like an exceptional circumstance. I'm sure there are. Let me check on my music B library. So, Architecture in Helsinki, yes, a track named Untitled, I don't remember it. Uh, this sucks, never mind. <laughs> oh! Um, La Vie Noire, well, yeah, right, don't try to title the title. Uh, all of the 45 tracks by La Vie Noire by El Tupoiesis, which is a 1999 sort of um, take recording, the sort of like edit them and work with them and make weird shit, and it's great. It's like an experimental music record. They are 45 one minute tracks, and they're all great. They're all named Untitled 1, Untitled 2, Untitled 3. Bentony has a two-minute track named Untitled, which is a really neat piano number. Oh, every track from Well Oiled by Harsh Jar Tempo. That's a great post-rock record from 1997. Hmm. Uh, there's a Mogwi track, which I'm sure is uh, great, but I don't remember Ellie it. Ellie likes a lot of music that's untitled. This is... <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize I was putting my foot in a bear trap with this question. <laughs> Yeah, there is a there is a track in the in the iconic masterpiece in the airplane over the sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. It's right before Two Headed Boy Part Two. It's sort of like the you know mid throw to the song. The only songs that I've listened to that have been called untitled that I know of are this one here, and uh, the La Vie Noire uh, ones that Ellie uh, uh, put in my path a while back. Okay. Noir is great. Like, really good experimental shit. I don't think he's crapping on it. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm just... No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just adding for, I'm just adding for the commentary. Mm-hmm. All right. I stand corrected. Go listen to uh, La Vie Noire by Topoiesis. I don't know if you can find it on the internet anymore. <laughs> I remember search... I have it on my computer, and I remember searching for it five years ago, and it wasn't anywhere on the internet. So, good luck if you want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I I think that I have some of it because you found a way to, like, give me the music to listen to. There is to. a very chill-out drum and bass band that is named after a Star Wars creature that did a few albums, which I have in. Terrible rips who have vanished from the face of the internet and can no longer be purchased anywhere. So, I understand the feeling. Oh, good news! Someone uploaded the whole record on YouTube, so now it's available to you. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, I'm willing to bet that Ugnaught has not come back from the depths, because, yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, we were going to bounce off of Untitled onto three simple words. Open up my eyes, flooded with daylight, another sleepless night turns color black and white.
Murder song, murder song, murder song. So, what are the three simple words? Can you tell? Huh. I was trying to figure that out on this whole thing. I mean, who will stop? Maybe they just poorly counted who will stop me now. That's three simple words. Who will stop me now? I never could. That's three words that are said in a line on this song. Mm. All right, that's fair. Maybe. It's not a good three words. Like that's what? What do you? What can you do with that? <laughs> I like this song. I like this song. You're gonna. You're gonna really hate what the algorithm thinks of you then. What does the algorithm think of me? Uh, so I got a lot of food ads and a little bit of pop culture stuff prior to this, other than the one Bon Jovi suggestion. This is the one where it starts going, you should buy Bitcoin. It's like, oh, that tells me a lot about who listens to this track over and over. Yes, let's ruin the environment because of Bitcoins. Also, did you know that this track's length is, uh padded out to the specific length it is because that's how long it takes for you to have to keep constant pressure on someone's windpipe to strangle them to death. Oh, that's that's a very emo thing to do. About 440, yeah. Yeah, that's a very emo thing to do. I'm not gonna say that I like it, but it's just like, yeah, that tracks. That's what Finch would write. I guess we should probably point out, since we haven't mentioned yet, that this is the one where the chorus, which gets repeated over and over and over again is with my hands around your neck who will stop me now yeah yep look you have to accept some amount of problematicness in in, in the, this era of emo and as long as the the band hasn't done horrible shit some of them have some of this kind of lyrics for other bands are very fucking creepy in retrospect after you learn all of the horrible shit that you've done. But in this case, not saying they am giving them a pass, so saying, yeah, this is creepy, but also there's something there. There's something in exploring darker themes. I don't think Finch does it in a particularly compelling way, but there is something there. And the song, I like this song. I think musically this is really good. It has a really cool rock verses that are a bit like more fast than the other stuff of this record. And then it tempo changes, goes into a bit of a slower mode into the chorus. That's a cool transition. And I I like this track. It is also about murdering a person. So, hmm. Yeah, I hate to say it, but this is better than the last few tracks, even if it is nowhere near as good as the Utah Saints song of the same name. Yeah, see, this is the one where I said uh, the screaming feels like an actual part of the song instead of something that's just thrown in, like anchovies on an ice cream sundae. Does this track make you want to buy Bitcoin? No. Uh, the, this track makes me want to stop listening to music. <laughs> and buy Bitcoins? No, uh, no, no particular Bitcoin interests have been sparked. Okay, okay. Just checking. Just checking. <sighs> so yes, one corpse later we get to the 
third of many major missteps on this album, Ender. doesn't end the record. Yes, I also wrote, yet not the final track. And then I found out that, yep, it's named after the Orson Scott Card character. <laughs> was that before we all know that he was an awful human being? Or after? Oh no, we knew. We knew by this point. Okay. I've, I've never read those books. I just know that that, that author is an awful human being. More than a few people take the story as sometimes you need a good Hitler to fight a bad Hitler. And there's a lot of ways people read into it like, uh, there's some similarities to his rise, but that one's kind of questionable. I've never really believed that one. I mean, I had to read that book for school. <laughs> Imagine if the last Starfighter was super problematic. Because, like, The Last Starfighter is a desperate race on the edge of extinction sends out a video game across the galaxy to try and get an ace pilot who can gradius their way to destroying an empire in one ship. At least at the time that uh, I was in high school, Ender's Game was the book of choice for teaching children about symbolism. It's symbolic on a lot of levels, but there's also the part where, you know, the whole thing is we take these kids... We put them in an orbiting space station called Battle School to try and teach them to be good commanders. And we don't tell them that the war games they're doing are actually human and alien lives on the front line, which is how Ender yep. causes an entire species' extinction by coming up with a weird rule-breaking trick of send an antimatter bomb in at the planet with a suicide fighter. And after he does this, wiping it off the map, they tell him, Good job! You just wiped out the entire enemy homeworld! It's like, wait, I did what? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This song is way more interesting than that. This song is, um, what if Aerosmith screamed a lot? Like, this is a very boring radio ballad, except that it screamed the whole way through for the first six minutes, and then there are seven minutes of the band just trying to do ambient experimental stuff, which is not very good, but I give them point for trying something? Warp records this ain't. No, but I don't know. It's cute. It's fine. It's like you're, you're trying a thing. Good job. It's definitely better than the first six minutes, which again, it's like a shitty radio rock song with screamed vocals. And if shitty radio songs could be worse, this is it. This is how you do that. Yeah. What if Aerosmith reformed with the singer from Taking Back Sunday? What if Aerosmith went away? <laughs> I mean, that would be a good thing. Yeah, that's the thing. They never stopped. They, like the Rolling Stones, have continued to tour endlessly since the 60s on the same hits. 
with the occasional honkin' on Bobo in the middle. Remember honkin' on Bobo? I do. Yeah. I like the Rolling Stones better than the Aerosmith. The Rolling Stones had painted black. That's a good song. Oh yeah. Uh, by and large, the Rolling Stones are a better band that stopped trying much faster. My my notes are, uh, it started off somewhat decent. I liked it. And then it just kept going and going. And then it dipped into weirdly uncomfortable ambient noise. And I will simply say no thank you. Sort of funny how you listen to Thursday and they like reference in their lyrics like, you know, anti-colonial poets and stuff. And then you listen to Finch and it's just like, I like the, the book where the kid kills a bunch of people. And Fight Club. They also like Fight Club. Yeah, uh, I'm very worried about their media influences. But let's close this out by asking ourselves what it is to burn. Records. Really? Wow. Like, I don't. This just didn't click for me. Like, it is a radio rock song with emo tinges, and I know that there are songs similar to this that I've probably enjoyed in the past. The, it's emo, it has like the, the melodic screams and stuff like that, but this just didn't click for me at in any level. And part of it, I think, is just the dude's voice. Is he's got the he's got like the technique down of the emo voice, but I, it doesn't have, which is like a very abstract concept. He lacks like vocal charisma. Like he's not selling you the the thing. He's performing it fine, but he's not selling you the emotions. And that's sort of what an emo truck needs to do. This is one of the ones where I felt it the most, because I feel this is one of the ones with least interesting like guitar work, least interesting drums, least interesting production. This is very much a vocal melody song, and yeah, I mentioned already, I don't think I like the singer much. I think he has, like again, he has the technique down, he's not in any technical way bad, but he just lacks that oomph, it lacks that vocal charisma, it lacks that cell. And... I would say this is subpar. I don't know that I can call this worst on album given some of the last few tracks. Yeah, but you hated a lot of that stuff more than me. That's fair. Some of the tracks, like Ender, on Ender I was like, oh, how this is fucking awful. This just didn't... I didn't have any reaction to this. Well, I can give you a hilarious quote from an interview about what this track is about. Go on. What it is to burn is a concept about a letter written from hell, where he finds that everything is not good in hell, and he is writing to his muse, which may be a guy or a girl. And that's valid. Everything about that is the most 
art school reject description I've ever heard, and it's hilarious to me. He writes a letter from hell where everything is not good. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, this one, this one is incredibly corny, but uh, I can see why it was one of the singles. Generic video in the forest. Uh, yeah, I, I like the video because eventually we'll get very accustomed with the trope of bend in a field, especially around 2008 when we'll start seeing, that's not necessarily our genre, but I'm pretty sure we'll get a bunch of, uh, you know, metal chord or you know, there were there was a period of time where there were like about fifty genres of something core, and while that's not necessarily our genre, I'm sure something will end up on our spreadsheet. And there was a big trope there of band plays in a field, because all of these bands were like all like smaller bands, and that's what they could afford. This is almost band plays in a field. This is band plays in a shitty forest, so we're getting close to that trope. It's a really shitty forest though. It's basically a field with, like, three trees in it. I mean, my response to this song was literally, eh, it could be worse. That's kind of where I'm at. It wasn't, like, it wasn't the best closer the album could have had, but, like, I don't know what I would have been expecting from them, so... Final thoughts. Uh, we, we have more albums from this band, don't we? We have one more album from this band. Thank God. Adam, final thoughts. Um, this is not something that I would listen to with my free time, like, ever. <laughs> I like this. You're allowed to like it. We can have different tastes. I am giving my last thought on this. My final thoughts. Oh, I see. Last thoughts that humans will ever hear from me. <laughs> um, I like this. This is fine. Uh, this is exactly the kind of garbage that I like. It has problematic things in it. It is not definitely not one of the best expression of this kind of emo pop, but it's fine. You know, I, I might be, like, an evil person for saying that, but I enjoyed this more than last week's Bad Religion record. <laughs> Not saying that it's a better record, but I personally enjoyed it more. This is way more the sound that I enjoy. I think the main problem of this band is the, the singing. I don't think the singing is the best expression of this type of emo singing. But I think there's good guitar works, I think there are good melodies, there's good songwritings in terms of structure and choruses. The first couple of tracks drag a bit because they are very repetitive, but they do get over that through the record. And I don't know, I like this. This is a fine record. This is like a 3 out of 5. It's fine. This is good. This is okay. Well, good is a big word. This is fine. This is okay. Uh, again, I think the 
guitarist, guitarists, plural, are definitely carrying their own on this, and that's the highest praise I will give this because someone in production or editing needed to just start chopping limbs off of the back half of this album. It's like a horrendous musical chimera that doesn't know what it wants to be, doesn't have a single head, and is an affront to God. (laughs) How do you really feel, Fletch? Next week, speaking of travel, we're going to go up north to Canada, where we meet a simple plan. It turns out that they're very similar to Blink-182, Good Charlotte, and Newfound Glory, which makes sense because artists from two of those bands will appear on this next album. As a, well, not as a kid, but as a teenager, I always mixed up simple planners and simple minds in my brain. Well, more than mixed up, I thought they were the same thing because I could never keep the name straight. And so in my brain, they were a band with a wildly like interesting career path. <laughs> and then I discovered those were two bands. Next week is going to be either Adam is very happy because it's time to listen to his trash, or Adam is very sad with the disillusionment and loss of his childhood nostalgia. We'll see. It depends on how it pans out. Same song, different chorus. So it turns out that you can support us online, and Ellie might want to remember the structure of her outro, but you can find us at getoutofthistown.com, a wonderful website designed by our lovely editor. Oh, are you doing this thing? Yeah, it turns out I am, since you left this in my hands. And you can find... What? What is happening? You can find me online at hellscaper.com, a repository of all my various projects. We That's are not also... how the outro goes. We are also on Twitter at ggoottpod, and you can send us email at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. That is so not the order this thing's going. Yeah, it is. Is there anything you'd like to plug today, Adam? Nope. Do not look for me on the internet. I am not there. How about you, Ellie? You can find me on Twitter at ACCTheMoon. And we do not have a Patreon, but I can tell you that we do not have a body count either, which puts us ahead of at least 2.5 members of Finch. Good night, everyone. Why 2.5? Because I'm still not sure about the woman whose head was on the glass. (laughs) Well, but one person could have killed multiple women. That's why I said only 2.5. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight like a pop pumpkin. Get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify. Oh, I see little lights in my eyes. That is not good. <laughs> Don't go into the light, Ellie. Uh, that means you either have the cowboy bebop virus or you need to, like, eat something. Uh, I ate. I have peanuts here that I'm eating. 
Um, I think I just like. Are you the woman being choked on three of these tracks? That could also be it. <laughs> I think I just moved my head too fast. Got it. Uh, Is every star you thing. see brighter than the last? Because that's also part of this song. <laughs> so, 